Welcome! <laughs> you fucker. Were you just waiting for that? No, I felt it coming up and I was like, I can time this. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that sees the writing on the wall, so I try to make up for the error of my ways. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, uh, are you fixing any errors of your ways? My life is a <laughs> book of errors. My life is the error. The, yes. <laughs> no, because that would mean fixing it would be uh, unaliving myself. And, no. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Why is that the fixing? Well, if your life is all errors and you're fixing it, well, okay, maybe not. <laughs> now that I've thought about that, yeah, uh, let's let's bring it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Listen, I no, that the hop is how you. That's how you want to Oh no, <laughs> no. Steven, how are you doing? I want to start this episode over. <laughs> <laughs> are you, do you really? No. Okay. Let's we'll, we'll keep going. I'm I'm okay. We're just very sleepy. Yeah. I've been working very hard this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, I was feeling it, but we're doing all right. Yeah. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday when you listen to this on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a disappointment where we're like, happy Saturday, and everyone goes, wait, what? Or whatever day you're listening to it, if you don't listen to the day, on the day it comes out. Yeah. You could be listening to it on a Saturday. If we have a one in seven chance. It's fair. If you're following along as they come out, happy Monday. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, while you were dying, I went and saw a magic show, and Ooh. magic is cool. Go on. <laughs> no, I just was like, I want to go see a magic show. Why not? And the, the it was a very small operation. Like, it was in, if you're familiar to the Chicagoland area, it was in Boys Town. It's called Trickery. It was pretty good. I recommend it. The main stage show is one guy. Like, he is the box office person, and then he goes oh, and does really? the magic. That's Hilarious. And he jokes about having an assistant off stage. He'll be like, next, next song. And then he goes to his Apple Watch and like hits it <laughs> and like changes the volume. That's a, that's a cool vibe. It's I like a, that. Well, I, I was like, it, it, he knew his audience so well because it was like cynical, but still like entertaining where it would be like, oh yeah, ha, like rope trick. Oh, you've never seen a rope before. Like would purposely, he would show elements of like, oh yeah, this is how I did this trick only to then like do a different trick that had nothing to do with that oh sure and was just like fucking with the audience the whole time and like really like really good banter really good like dry banter highly recommend i dig it magic is fun sleight of hand is fun sure i love it (laughs) three good things i love emails if you would like to email us please do SurvivorTBT at gmail.com you can message us on twitter at Survivor TVT, I had to think really hard about that one. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> or on Reddit, you slash Survivor TVT. I forgot the format of Twitter. Oh, I don't yes. use Twitter very often. It, it's literally just for this. Twitter's dying. Good. Uh, also, our Instagram account is up and running, kind of. I'm, I'm still plugging through memes. So we're into Africa. I have really enjoyed your memes. I thought That's that good. they're fine. I'm... I've noticed that I'm the only one liking them, but because I'm the only one who knows the page exists. Yeah. Well, we have a decent... I followed most people on you and I's friends list and gotten a decent amount of follows back, but do those people watch Survivor? Who's to say? Who's to say? (laughs) And they're very... They make no sense if you don't watch the episodes. That's a good point. We're just throwing out random memes, and I'm I'm down for memes for memes sake. I think I'm a good shit poster. (laughs) Uh, In the emails... 
Tyler. Tyler sent us a few emails, starting off with the logo for Jed's Dental Clinic is actually patterned off the Survivor logo. Shut the fuck up. It's beautiful. I love that so much. Someone mentioned John's homophobic rant, and while it's been deleted, the magic of the internet has made it retrievable, and it's here. I, mm, I'm not going to read it, but here, I'm going to turn the screen so you can read it. Okay. So, we're cutting all that out. Yeah. But you can go find it if you want. My favorite part, there's a response to the comment by a future contestant. I don't know what season or where he ranks or anything like that, thankfully. But he says, is it just me or should that fact that God allowed John Raymond to be a first boot over an accused adulterer, a sociopathic puppy killer, don't know who that is yet, and Clay Jordan. I love that Clay Jordan is... Like the the first two, it's like this these two horrible things and clay and because clay himself is a horrible thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clay in himself is just bad. Yeah, and people know that, so you're not alone. Just just throwing that out there. Turn that back, so you can't see. So yeah, that's one from Tyler. Another Tyler email. Another thing I wanted to start keeping track of with. Regards to seasons, which is low on how other big Survivor websites and podcasts have ranked seasons. And since I still don't really have too much to say about this season, I figured now is a good time to post about the first four seasons. So essentially, we have some some good information of how these were ranked. Entertainment Weekly columnist has Borneo tied for first for seasons. Uh, and Examiner also has it number one. Of the first four. No. Of all time. Of all time. I don't agree with that. I also don't agree. I, I can understand wanting to honor it, but it's not the greatest season in the world. Yeah, sure. Essentially, I'm going to boil this down into Borneo was very highly ranked in a sure. lot of seasons, as it should. Australian Outback, also pretty highly ranked. Actually, it's... It's kind of hit and miss. Like, some really liked, some really didn't. I would be on the really didn't side. Africa is pretty down there at the bottom. Yeah, that makes sense. Marquesas also kind of had... Marquesas is pretty mid. That's surprising to me. But that's because Marquesas is my number one of the first five. So sure, far. yeah. There's, there's a lot of good stuff, but essentially, people really... The first season set the tone... And did such a good job of showing us what Survivor is. Yeah, that's true. And then we've, we've built on that. Thank God. Because if we just left it as it is, the, the show would not exist anymore. <laughs> true. Uh, I think I mentioned this, but Gandia was a plaintiff on an episode of Judge Judy. Oh. Maybe I didn't. I don't think you did. Okay. I, I definitely read it, but I skipped over it. Uh, in 2017, Gandia was a plaintiff on Judge Judy. Huh. Are you suing Ted? <laughs> I wish. Fun fact, there is a brief scene at Chuigan where they're all f around the fire and Helen sings A Slave Ride Together with You, which I assume is cut because it's copyright, because uh, copyright yeah. laws. It's not a huge thing, but it's kind of a shame to lose it since it's a rare, lighthearted moment from Helen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be fun seeing Helen, like, gleefully singing Christmas songs in on a deserted island. Chuigan feels like an acid trip. It feels like everyone's just on acid. 
now that Gandhi is gone. <laughs> yeah. This made me think it's a good time to mention that there are a couple of memorable there are a couple of memorable things that are cut from the all access version because of copyright, specifically a memorable voting confessional next season and pretty much the entire content of a memorable episode 1 a few seasons down the road. I'm going to assume that Stevens knows what I'm referring to and want to let him know so we can hopefully find a way for Jared to enjoy those moments. Remind me of that later on, Tyler. I think that these are good things to to talk about, but yeah, in context, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to Jared. I vaguely remember exactly what you're talking about, but we'll get back to that. You'll probably remember when we get there. Yeah, remind me. It's... I'll, I'll remember the thing. I will not remember that Tyler is the one to tell me. So I want sure. Tyler to have the credit because Tyler is good. Good information. Thank you. From Josh. Josh has a couple of emails. During season 20, Jank... My God. During season 20, Jeff ranked the first 19 seasons. Jeff himself. Wild. The only season he hated more than Marquesas was Thailand. That is showing. <laughs> it is showing that Jeff fucking hates this season. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we're getting more ranking stuff. So that's cool, especially because Jeff has a perspective that isn't like final product related. It is production related. Mm -hmm. So the rankings would be very different. Do you want the rankings of these? Uh, tell me where the first five place. Sure. That yeah. That's what I, I'm not going to tell you the other ones. Okay. Uh, Borneo number one for okay. Jeff. I, nostalgia makes I a lot get of it. sense. Australian Outback eight. Of 19. That feels too high. Africa, 12. That feels too high. Marquesas, 18. And Thailand, 19. 19. Yeah. I guess I, I say that feels too high, but I haven't seen the other. I haven't seen the full 19 seasons, so... Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, and Gandia also contributed to the diversity campaign. Great. The Survivor diversity campaign. That's great. Also makes the point that season six aims to be the opposite of this season in every way. Thank God. So get ready for that. So that's going to be good? <laughs> According to Jeff, yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> the, this entry in the funny 115 goes in depth on the history of the origin of the purple term. Okay. We talked about purple in the last episode, but yeah. in general, it mainly originates from production having sexist casting practices. Shocking. In the 20 seasons. Yeah. So I won't bore you with all the details. The two female winners have gotten questionable edits in Tina and Vesepia, so that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Tina's not as bad, but... Yeah. I... Like I said, I would boil this down a little bit. It's a lot of good information about where the term purple comes from i think josh does a better job of boiling it down than i can here so in general people are purple for at least one of four reasons one the person was in an alliance with a person that was much more dynamic than them mm. and gives examples of these which i i don't want to use that example two the person doesn't fit with the story production wants to tell so they're ignored nick is the example that he uses here mm-hmm Three, the person was cast because they were hot, and production only cares about showing off their body. Aaron in this season. That is the example that he uses. Yeah, there, I, the, the intro for Aaron literally starts on her boobs and pans up in the in like the intro to each episode. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? And four, the person was very bad at giving confessionals. Yeah, I can see that. Zoe is the only example so far, but there will be clearer ones. Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and then gives a mathematical proof for the 25 flags immunity challenge. Ah, okay. There, there's a video for the flags. We were talking about it, really, but mm -hmm. it's... This game could be over so quickly just by how you make your first couple moves. Yep. No, I, I figured there's there's a way to math this out so that your first move sets you up to win. Mm -hmm. Where, like, you're, you set you do your first move, and whatever they do, you have one of two moves, and then you win. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So thank you for that information, Josh. That was all, all of it. It was great. And Carl, Carl email, the wild misogyny ride continues, episode four. <laughs> I said at the end of my Marquesas finale email I was worried about the season because I knew its reputation, and so far I was right to be worried. I didn't tell you that, but yeah. It's uh, it's a lot, and we we knew it was coming. Everyone knows it's coming. Yeah. I didn't know it was coming. I exactly. That's the point. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but goddamn, if it isn't entertaining listening to you two spiral deeper into frustration and madness with every episode, it this episode's not going to be much better. I mean, it not this episode's not problematic, but I. What is this episode? <laughs> Uh, thanks us for the shout out. Indeed covers, but they are original arrangements that I write myself. So yeah, go cool. check out go check out those those uh, piano covers. They're great. Notes. I didn't come up with Grindgate. That's a common online name for the incident. Sure. Sure. Everything's gotta have a gate these days. I feel like that's gone away in the last like three, four years. People stop putting basically once uh, a new president committed bigger crimes. Putting gate at the end of stuff started to feel <laughs> less important. Sure. Sure. Y'all saw that wrong. Gandhi was walking around naked, not Ted. I did see that wrong then. Thank you. Oh. Good to know. Then that makes that makes me feel a little better. I appreciate that. To be fair, people didn't like the content in 20, 2002 either. That's good. They were pretty universally against the Chewy Gun men, especially Clay. They fucking hated Clay. How can you not? Yeah. It's... Clay kind of sucks. They did view the incident less seriously than we would now. Again, just the way that life was. But sure. Yeah. Found we've, it uncomfortable and unpleasant. So something I, I, I'll just talk about now since so this email brought it up. Why is this season so far focusing on the worst people? Like, think about who we saw. And, like, this episode, fine, it makes sense. It's Rob's goodbye episode and he's big and loud. Mm -hmm. But, like, think about Soup Giant. We've only seen Rob. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we saw some Stephanie and Jen. Where, okay, there are people that went home, but, like, where is Penny? I love Penny. Every time we get a glimpse of Penny, I'm like, yes, more of her. We see a little bit of Sheehan. We've seen Jake, like, once, maybe. And we see some Ken, but only in confrontation with Rob. And then you go over to Chewy Gone, and they've put Helen and Jan in the backseat. We, like, we only see Jan when she's doing something kooky. And they've spent all of the time talking to Ted and Clay. Yeah. You are highlighting the wrong people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Take it, it up with Survivor Production in 2002. It just blows my mind. <laughs> Talks about the, the... Also calling Clay a... Clay and Ted, Moo Cow and Fat Albert. <laughs> Jared. Jared mentions that the show... Thinks it's an, an unlikable cast, and he's 100% correct. Production and Jeff did not like this cast at all. And apparently some players could even feel that during filming. I think that this episode, this last episode we watched, is a very clear example of that. Yeah. Like, Jeff seems very all-in on, like, fuck you guys. I don't even give a shit. 
Yeah, no, Jeff seems like he doesn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> like, I like I don't know. It, I, it sounds like season six goes well. If it wasn't for the paycheck and the fact that season six goes well, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> this season, this sucks. After, like, doing Marquesas, apparently being hard behind the scenes sure. in Thailand, if a third season had gone badly, Jeff might have just left Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Another segment idea, and I'll stop after this. <laughs> That's what he says. Cast rankings for each season. Yeah, I thought about that. That's yeah, a good idea. We can do that. I can. We'll do a bo- let's do a bonus episode of just ranking just to ranking. catch to catch up. Sure, rank everything. Sure, why not? I love it. That'll be our bonus episode between seasons. Love it. Cool. And then for episode five stuff, <laughs> are the shots of Ted sleeping to, supposed to make you hate him and with his gross open mouth? I feel like there's so many of them. I don't know, man. I don't know. The choices this season are bizarre. Yeah. You don't understand. Rob doesn't eat chicken hearts. Only human hearts. <laughs> and Xi'an was born in Taiwan. Yeah. It's a good call. You were right. I was wrong. Had a hard time believing Xi'an never at any point told the rest of them, hey, I'm from Taiwan. Eating these things is normal for us while they sat down to eat for like a half hour. Like, I'm sure she explained it. Or she didn't feel the need to be on trial. Like, sure. she didn't want to, she was just eating and wanted to eat. Like, I mean, who knows? It could be either way, but either way, it's so, why are they so weird about it? You're not the one who has to eat it. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold up. Are you saying you'd rather the stingray scene not be included? Man, that was one of my favorite scenes in the season so far. Like, perfect no. slapstick. It's a great scene. I just was like, where does this go? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. It, it does nothing. No, it, it does need to be included. They just needed to, like, f- like frame it. The confessionals that are in there make no sense. The confessionals that are in there are trying to paint it out like it's going to be something of consequence. Mm-hmm. Just let it be Let it be Jan finding the bat. Like, we know that's nothing in this episode. We know that's going nowhere. But, like, let it just be that then. Don't try to make it, like, oh, but, like, will they vote out Rob because he's a piss baby? <laughs> Where do you know he's a piss baby? All right, all right. Uh, also, Jared, I don't see how you can call Rob with two Bs vile, but not Marquesas Rob. The latter is more sexist and homophobic on top of it. And maybe you're forgive- more forgiving of him because he's clearly smarter and charming than Thailand Rob. I mean, yeah, that the, the thing about Boston Rob is he is charismatic and likable. Mm-hmm. And we've, we had a whole thing talking about Boston Rob being like, wow, he's really gross. Yeah. But when he's on screen... I am entertained. When Rob with two Bs is on screen, I just am waiting for him to start swinging at people. Like, he always feels like he's about to break into violence at any given moment. It does feel like a stability thing, doesn't it? Like, Yeah, I don't think... Like, I don't agree with Boston Rob's opinions um, and, like, all of that, but he doesn't feel dangerous. Yeah. Rob with two Bs feels dangerous. I would be uncomfortable being around him. It, he feels dangerous. <laughs> I just want to wrap up this email real quick. Notice that the voted contestants... Notice that the voted off contestants leave Tribal Council via boat. Yes. That we, I don't remember if we talked we about it. We didn't talk about it because it was the first time we saw it was Gandhi and we had more important things to talk about sure. with that. Sure. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, people leave via boat. They're doing a much better job of showing that now. The yeah. first three, three yeah. they didn't really show. Because it just led us to believe, oh, they're walking down in front of them. Hilarious. And then says Purple refers to Purple Kelly, a contestant from season 21 that pretty much got the most invisible edit ever. I'm saying wow. this because you'll probably forget by the time we actually get to that season. 
And you may not notice because she's invisible. Yeah. 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 As, as long as she... I mean, it doesn't sound like she's the winner, so it doesn't... It's not going to be of much consequence. All right. So, yeah. I think that's, that's a good point to stop on our emails. Thank you, everybody. There's so much good information in all those emails. Like, everyone brought good context to multiple different points of the last couple episodes. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. Keep doing that. Thank you all. Anything else you want to get to before we move on? No. All right. Bumper! All right, so this episode came out on October 24th of 2002. I pulled three things that happened from the week between episodes. The first one, motoring TV series Top Gear premieres on the BBC. Have you ever seen Top Gear? I have not seen Top Gear. I have seen clips of Top Gear. It's It seems like the kind of British show that I wouldn't be into. Really? I don't give a shit about cars, but I love me some Top Gear. Okay. The hosts are just very funny. Yeah. Jeremy Clarkson, okay. Richard Hammond. That's fair then. That that's what I like about British television. Is usually the like the banter is good. Yeah. The, really, the point of the show doesn't matter as much as the the good times. It's literally just them like hanging out and driving cars for fun. I've seen the the classic meme is the I like this or no, or no this is this is a beauty, but I like this. This is brilliant, that's but I it. like this. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. We found it. Uh, the Moscow Theater Siege begins, where Chechen rebels seize the House of Culture Theater in Moscow and take approximately 700 theater goers hostage. Oh my god. Yeah. I was, I was gonna say, why not do that more? Oh wait, never mind. And then uh, you finished the sentence. Uh, took, yeah. Took theater goers hostage. Yes. I don't know if this is, I think this is between the two Chechen wars, and this is what sparks the second one. There's, I think there's also some question of whether this was a false flag attack mm. for Russia to be like... All right, we gotta go take over Chechnya. Wouldn't put it past them at this point. S Soviet and Russian history is fascinating. It's fascinating, but why can't they just stop making wars? Just stop. I'm sorry if that's a hot take, but like, dude, how many times can you be an aggressor in a war that is, it, like, in the last 20 years? Slava Ukraine. Ugh. And then lastly, Twyla Tharp's rock ballet, Moving Out, set to the songs of Billy Joel, opens at Richard Rogers Theater in New York City, runs for 1,303 performances. I don't know that one, but a rock ballet based on the music of Billy Joel sounds pretty cool. Sounds fun. Yeah. And I'm moving out. <laughs> the same song was still top of the charts, the Nelly song, and also in the UK. It's a very popular song. Damn. I think that's the first time we've had the same song be both top of United States and UK charts, at least for multiple weeks. Okay, so That's yeah. interesting. Or at least came back and did it again. Uh, well, yeah, it's the only one that's come back in our time. Yeah. Maybe it did between, maybe songs did between seasons, but okay. anyway. Uh, the top five movies were The Transporter at number five, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Red Dragon, Sweet Home Alabama, and then a new one, The Ring. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did you know that was by DreamWorks? No, what? DreamWorks South Korea. Whoa. Whoa, okay. Wild. That is wild. They might just be the publisher. They probably aren't the creative team behind it. But yeah, The Ring, if you don't know, is the movie where seven days, the phone call with seven days comes from and it's the girl who climbs out of the TV. I never saw it. The premise alone freaked me out as a child. Yeah. Terrified. Oh, yeah. And that is a more common monster trope in Japan and in the East, I think in, in South Korea too, is like the monster that comes out of the TV. Oh, okay, yeah. That's, that makes sense. I don't know why. I don't know. Like, That's what I want. I want to learn more about 
like classical Japanese or like Eastern European mm-hmm. horror monsters because they are very interesting. And if you haven't seen it, there's an anime called Ghost Stories that is <laughs> that they dubbed over because none of them made sense and they got to do whatever they wanted. And it's a great, great, dumb anime. I think the concept of a monster that isn't just like there that there's the waiting you the anticipation of knowing something is going to happen things like the ring things like final destination things Mm -hmm. things that are intangible like you can't do anything about it you just have to like wait for your time to come if you could change your fate would would you (laughs) yes yes i would that's my fate yes what's the one I think it's called It Follows. Someone told me about this. That one is... You, like, you die if you don't pass on the curse to someone else. Yes, and it's a euphemism for STDs. Eh. (laughs) So, that's fun. But yeah, no, like, something follows after you, and if you don't pass it on to somebody else, then it will kill you. And it passes on through sex, right? Yes. That's the thing? Yeah. How is the euphemism... I guess the euphemism is falling off to me, like... The I don't person know. also still has the STD. Well, okay, I, I guess I shouldn't take euphemism for ST, STDs. It's basically ghost. It's a ghost STD. Sure. That makes sense. All right. Bye. All right, let's talk about Survivor. <laughs> ghost TD. Oh, no. Coming to Fox this fall. Ghost uh, TD. Episode six, the power of one. The power of friendship. What is this referring to? I am not entirely sure. I have no idea. I think it's I think it's supposed to be about the flag in the flag challenge. I guess. But this is a pretty loose title. Yeah. Pretty weak. <laughs> so we open the episode with Rob sad boy staring at the ocean. Yeah, I wrote down staring off into the abyss. <laughs> what is this? Rob has some... Uh, th- okay, I'm going to go back a minute from the email. This Rob, Thailand Rob... Feels like he has seriously untreated mental problems. Mm. Like, we... I joked a couple of episodes before about, like, the two personalities of Rob. It is in this episode, too. It is all over the place. Yeah. It, it does feel very... Uh, a little out of control, especially in this episode. And... It feels very bipolar. It feels what, very bipolar. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I don't know enough to be, like... Bipolar. You said schizophrenia at the time. I mean, I don't know what the difference. It's been explained to me, but I'm sure I I'm not a medical professional. Sure, and I'm, we're seeing it through a reality TV show. Correct. That's not how you diagnose somebody, but like, I think bipolar. Like, I I've known people that are bipolar, and that feels very. It felt very familiar. Okay, sure, makes sense. So yeah, Rob does his thing. He asks Penny, "Were you gonna vote for me? Were Were you voting for me?" And he's like, "No, I'm." And he goes, well, Ken said you were. And then she, he just believes Penny. Yeah. He does not ask a follow-up question of Penny that we see. And immediately it's like, it's Ken. Ken did this. Ken. Monster. So then he goes after Ken. <laughs> Ken's argument for this is, I think, one of my favorite arguments of the whole It's time. hilarious. It shuts him down so well that he's so taken aback. Ken's like, who do people vote for? Did they vote for you? No. They voted for the person I said they were going to vote for. So I don't know why you're getting mad at me. Yeah, no, no. He says, he says who did they vote for? Steph. Who did they say they were going to vote for? Sheehan. Who did you ask? Who did I say I was going to vote for? Steph. Steph. 
Who did I vote for? Steph. It's beautiful. So you're coming after me for being two-faced when I'm the only one that was honest with you. And Rob just looked like... The, the, the neurons are slowly firing <laughs> off. <laughs> it's like one of those, like... I feel like there's a, a DS game or something where you have to drag the rope over to the <laughs> other side. But it's kind of like dangling along the way. <laughs> the connection has been made. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And... God damn it! I love Ken. God damn it! <laughs> Tell me more. What is it? Is it this argument that does it for it's you? It's partially this. Partially the dialect is fun, mm-hmm. um, and not just the dialect of like ha ha funny voice, but like it changes what language he uses and how like brash he is. I like when he's just like he's just like pushing Rob off and being like, "What are you? What the fuck are you doing, guy?" Mm. Like it's it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. But why does he just believe Penny? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And then at the end of it, tails off with, I'm the only person who's been straight with you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Ken and Rob's relationship real quick. Sure. Because it's jumping forward in the episode, but when they go out to the caves and this, I feel like we were watching Of Mice and Men. <laughs> like, Len- Rob is Lenny, and Ken's just got the gun. He's like, yeah, you like bats, huh? Yep. Just like fucking loading the pistol. Yep. Like, sorry, I have to put you down, my guy. And the rabbit's... Yeah. <laughs> the rabbits, Ken. Exactly. Oh. oh, now I'm sad. That's this whole episode. Because, <laughs> like, everyone, from the moment this episode starts, I was like, Rob is going home. Like, Sukjai is going to lose immunity, and mm. Rob is going home. Mm-hmm. There's no other way around it. It does feel like how they frame this, there is no... There's no denying it the entire way. Which is wild, because we don't need more evidence for why Rob needs to go home. I agree. Like, sometimes when somebody they do this with somebody, it's like, oh yeah, we haven't seen a lot of this person, we need to show, like, why... Like, Jed. Like, oh yeah, we need to see that Jed's being lazy, or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe they've given us a positive view, but something happened in these three days, and that's why they're going home. Sure, we need to focus on that. Yeah. Rob isn't acting any different than he's acted the rest of the season up until they lose immunity. We don't... I enjoy seeing it. Yeah. But we didn't need to build more of a case. It's like they needed to show a redemption story for him like because he he turns around he is super loving to everyone but i don't know like we all knew the writing was on the wall he knew the writing was on the wall so it didn't matter yeah cool Uh, moving on at chewigon the ladies are swimming the water they're they're going they're bringing their giant canteen thing they're swimming it they're swimming it back still no boat but you know what? The guys are going to go find that boat. There was some hope that it could, would wash back up on shore, and yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I was like, oh yeah, I guess the ocean does return things it takes sometimes, like sometimes. with the movement of the tides sure. and all of that. So that makes sense why they haven't looked so far. Yeah. And unlucky that the, the men go out, they see the island that they, the which Survivor has shown us, the boat has already been out there before. Yeah. So they, they're like, hey, it could be on the backside of that island. And they go and they search and they're swimming, which is a long way to swim. A long way to swim. And it's Ted, it's Clay, <laughs> and it's Brian. All I was rooting for the ocean. <laughs> they all try to go swim. And yes, I'm glad that they didn't do it alone. But Brian is the only one qualified to do this. Yes. Ted struggles. He is swimming around in circles. He didn't bring the float like Clay did. I think I yelled drown. <laughs> when he was when he was struggling, Eek. anyway, 
they don't find it. They get all the way around, they struggle, and then they realize, oh shit, we have to now swim back. Shit. Yeah, do they have, I guess the camera crews would rescue them if they sank, if they were like actually drowning. God, I hope so. And then what, kick them off the show? Like, what is your punishment if the camera crews have to save you? I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Yeah. What a, what a, what a nice <laughs> hypothetical you have going on there. Anyway, Clay, on the backside of that island, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. It's a bad idea. You're like, yeah, you're right, Clay, but here you are. Can't stop now. <laughs> you're just, you're going to stay there all day. <laughs> that reminds me of a, when I was younger, like the first time I went out hunting with my dad, we went on like a nature preserve. There were trails. We did all this. We walked for about, I want to say three to five miles. And then we're like, ah, okay, let's, it's starting to get dark. Let's start heading back. And we go back and there were these trails that kind of like went around a, a piece of woods. Mm. Like there, there was trail on either side, but it connected on the other end. Yeah. Well, we saw one on the way back and we're like, hey, let's just, let's take the other side and see if we can scare up some, we were pheasant hunting. Sure. I didn't fire a shot that day, so it didn't matter. We were pheasant hunting. And we go around the other side. Well, unfortunately, that was not one of them that connected back on the other side, and we did not realize it. So we walked in the wrong direction for, after we had already walked probably five miles, that was, we walked five more miles in the opposite direction, and then had to try, we tried to like cut through woods. So all in all, we probably walked about 20 miles that day. It was awful. It was the, one of the worst experiences I've had in a long time. So you zero pheasants one. Correct. And I was like 13, 14 at the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like the story, people got lost. People yeah. got in way over their heads. Anyway, we switch over to Sukjai. Ken, Ken's like, hey, don't eat those bananas. But Rob really wants those bananas. Rob's like, I'm going to eat a banana if I get hungry. This whole argument is wild because it's it's an argument of needs versus agreements. It's yes, it's Rob is just a young, strong BB <laughs> from season one. He's like, no, I'm gonna do it my way. Fuck you. No, I need food. I'm gonna eat food. This is the Clarence argument. Uh, yes, also the Clarence argument. But like, Clarence was at least sorry for it. Rob is like. No, I need that food. And they're like, that's not what we agreed on. And I love that, like, uh, Sheehan starts to get involved. Penny's like, nah, just stop. Just let him. Stop, Sheehan, please. <laughs> and then Rob's like, hey, Ken thinks he's a police officer out here. He was a police yeah, officer. Was. Also, it's a rule you all agreed on. Yeah. You're just stealing food from the tribe. Correct. So, I mean, you're being an ass, and you know it. You're just trying to defend the fact that you want the food. Yeah. Oopsies. I mean, I wonder if it if it could get to the point where he's like he know like if he didn't have that moment, he knows he's going home. He just takes some bananas and just like squashes them, like dumps them in the ocean. Who would do anything like that? Where something you see the writing on the wall and you make it actively more difficult for your tribe in the future? That is crazy talk, Jared. So that happens. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a beautiful moment we'll get to and. Uh, it just makes me so happy. 
so happy. The The introduction of actual gameplay makes that concept so stupid, telling someone that they're going home. Yes. Think about that later. Anyway, reward challenge. We're launching balls. I like this challenge. This is a fun challenge. It's not shot very well. Like, camera-wise, it was sometimes hard to keep track of what was going mm -hmm. on, or they wouldn't... If... It'd be like, oh yeah, they caught that one. I'm like, what happened to the other one? <laughs> we didn't see the other one. Which they didn't catch it, but like, I don't know. I feel like this challenge done in a modern context would, like they'd have one camera trick like on each ball mm -hmm. and you'd see what happened for each thing. And it, I, I think this is a cool, fun challenge to watch. Yeah. The framework of this challenge will live on for a long time. That's good. We will see this even, I hesitate to say, in modern Survivor. Hmm. Like... Within the last three to four years, it's been on Survivor. So one thing I do know about early seasons, that, but we haven't seen it yet, is that the challenges do get more physical mm -hmm. to the point that like they have to tone them back because they're basically just doing contact football with no helmets. Yeah. I This challenge walks a really good line between being physical, but a low chance of like just actual violence mm -hmm. happening. <laughs> Say that, but if it were me... I would, as soon as that ball was launched, give a shove, go collect the ball. I'm guessing they had a rule about that. They must have. Because there's no way Rob had the self-control to not do that. Sure. If he wasn't told, he'd be kicked out of the game. Sure. Anyway, both sides are launching what are, I want to say a little bit smaller than a volleyball, but definitely yeah. bigger than a softball. It's, they're launching it off a slingshot, but like a human-sized slingshot where they have to really lean back and give it some oomph. And Helen and Penny are doing the launching, which leaves a good, interesting mix of people out doing the fighting. And she ends it out. She ends it out. Correct. And what wasn't super clear to me was if you could score on your opponent's ball. No. You couldn't? It didn't seem like you could. Okay. So then it was just offense, defense. You could catch their ball, but it wouldn't give you a point. Sure. And for the first time, Jeff makes the distinction that you are given one timeout. One timeout. You're like, that's weird. I don't super like that, but... Well, they weren't allowed to switch positions without using that, right? So Really? Because he said you can use that time to strategize, switch positions, oh, whatever. Okay. All right. And, I mean, maybe they were, but it didn't seem like they were allowed no. to. It seems like they were posted up at a flag. They definitely were, were not changing. Yeah. Pre-timeouts. Anyway, that happened. They're competing for a feast and the feast looks delicious. It's he so he good. brings around a pineapple of like rice and food, and he says prawns. Yeah, which is I I get why, but they're just, they're just big ass shrimp. Yeah, but they they're called prawns. Yeah, I don't know. I I why is this the thing you get hung up on? I don't know. I have a, I feel like they are just shrimp, but in a different on the other side of the world, they just call it prawns. Are you Googling it? No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to keep describing while you find this. Helen and Penny do the launching. Rob gets the first four balls for Zook Jai. Four balls in a row. And like, is anyone going to stop him? Because who did they have on Rob? Was it, it was Clay, right? Like doing defense right away? No, on, on Rob? Yeah. No, it was Brian. Was it? Yeah. I think Brian is much more athletic than and could have put up a fight. Yeah, but he's short. 
sure. compared to Rob sure. and Ted. Oh, I didn't describe. These nets that they're catching with are were just giant wicker baskets on top of a long stick. Yeah, what Clay's was different for some reason, and I we couldn't figure out why. The only thing I can think is that it's like a woven basket mm -hmm. thing, and he took enough falls that like it broke. Sure. Because his went all the way... Like, the rest of them were, like, basically, like, lacrosse sticks that had, like, a cup at the top. Yeah. And his was just a straight-up basket the whole length down. Yeah, I don't I don't understand this. Sorry, are you, would you like to correct me on the... Shrimp and prawns are completely different creatures. All yes, right. they're both Fuck decapods, me, which means they have external skeletons and ten legs, but that's where the similarities end. Now, I will say, another article said... There are types of seafood that are consumed worldwide, although shrimp and prawns belong to different suborders of decapoda. They are very similar in appearance, and the terms are often used interchangeably in commercial farming and wild fisheries. Okay. So scientifically, they're different for food purposes. They're like, ah, Culinarily, no difference. Yeah. All right. The more you know. <laughs> what other podcasts can you learn about Survivor episodes from 2002 and pedantic differences between different types of decapods? Yeah. <laughs> Rob gets the first four balls. We call a timeout, and then they were like, no, let's put the tall guy on the guy who's catching all the balls. And they waited until they were down four to one yep. to do this. Yeah, that was, a, that was a bad move. But it works. They they start turning it around. Ten is Ted is guarding Rob and pretty easily keeps him away. He's He blocks all of them. We get to a four to four tie. Hey, do you remember seeing Jan in this challenge at all? Uh, no. No. No, no, no. Jan was probably at the back post just waiting. I do. There was a moment with uh, Suk Jai. I love them all like yelling at Penny and Penny just like gives it right fucking back to them. Yeah. I love Penny. Penny lays the hammer down in this timeout. She's like, everyone's arguing. And then she's like, I want all four of your butts to go get it. I'm. We, it doesn't matter if Rob has caught all of them. Everybody go get the ball. That's some good coaching by Penny. Yeah. Thank you. And then... On that last one, Sukjai gets it to Rob again. Yep. Rob catches every single ball for Sukjai. That's true. Yeah. And he's rewarded. He's rewarded. By getting voted off. <laughs> and we get rid of him. We, we cut back to Chewigan where they hate losing. We hate losing. I give up a hundred million percent of my energy, but I hate losing. Ted is bad at percentages. Correct. And consent, but also percentages. <laughs> But he then has to go on and explain, like, don't don't take it personally when I get mad at you on the... Which is weird, because it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. But he they very clearly single this out, like, hey, I'm not mad at anyone in particular. We're just playing a feat of competition, and I'm just gonna... I'm gonna try to lead, and that's how I lead. And then the camera focuses on Clay for five full minutes as he sits down, <laughs> or as he lays down. Yeah. At the feast... The Sukjai feast. There's some. I mean, they, the food spread looks great. It's all built into pineapples. Cut. They cut watermelon decoratively. Yeah. People are playing music. People are dancing. It's it's a cool little cultural festival here. I wrote down here. Yeah, and I, I like this reward. I feel like I don't know the people of Sukjai at all. Like, I feel like we've gotten to know Rob. We've gotten to know a lot of Rob. Yep. We've gotten to know Shean. Yep. The rest of them, I don't feel like I know anything about them other than they. every time we hear from them, they sound like athletes at a press conference. Sure. And I don't know 
anything about them. Wild. <laughs> While this is happening, first off, I want to make note of this tea is so good, I drink it like milk. A drink that you famously cannot drink very much of. Well, some people can. Are you lactose intolerant and didn't know it? No, I'm saying, like, there are challenges based on the idea that the body can only handle so much milk. Oh, sure. Yeah, like a full gallon. The gallon challenge. <laughs> Correct. I mean, yeah, if you're drinking three cups of milk isn't going to harm you, it may make you feel not great. No, I am, I am not lactose intolerant. In, in this household, I am the one that is not. <laughs> I am the one who eats cheese. Yes. Can you say that word one more time for me? Lactose intolerant? No, no, no. The, the, the drink. The cow drink. Milk? You said it milk one I time. I probably did. The Minnesota sneaks out every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there was, a, there was a conversation about this in the most recent episode of Survivor in season 44. Hmm. It was literally, it just came up. Okay. Milk. 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 <laughs> Hate that. Anyway, I just want to point that out. Rob starts apologizing. And like, hey, I, I've, I've been kind of a, a jerk kind of apologizing. He's trying, he sees the writing on the wall, and this is him trying to make good vibes. Yeah. And probably, this is the thing with, and again, I'm not diagnosing him, but from my experience, people that are bipolar, their highs are very high and their mm -hmm. lows are very low. Correct. And this is a very high moment. Mm -hmm. They just, he was the MVP of the challenge. He, they are eating a lot of food, they're experiencing this really cool cultural moment. They're sitting in the shade and so it's a really high high of and it's probably very genuine of like hey i'm so sorry i've been acting like a jerk he just doesn't have any control over his own emotions sure which again going back to the rob versus boston rob at least boston rob can control his emotions <laughs> i don't feel like he's going to stab people in the face if he gets too upset yeah i agree so that's all really that happened in that reward yeah i think it was, it was a nice feast mm -hmm. And then at Chewy Gun, we're talking merge. We think it's coming. It's important for all of us to stay together, though. If we, if we can win a couple challenges here, and we all stick together, maybe we take it home. So, is this just season two again with, like, worse people? Tell me more. What, what makes you say that? So we have the tribe that lost everything in the beginning, but then and, and it's gotten all of the camera time, or most of the camera time. Mm -hmm that has come back to make the tribes even. There was no, obviously, SA in season two, thankfully. Sure. I guess that goes into unlikable people. Um, so no, no like, dividing line like that, but you have the unlikable leader of the tribe, Keith and Ted. Ted's much worse. We'll say that. <laughs> Fuck Keith, but Ted's much worse. You have... Uh, hostile, like, more hostile conditions than the previous season. Like, I think it's harder for them to live in Thailand than it is to live in Marquesas. It seems like, like, the food problem, like, they have, uh, it, both tribes haven't been struggling as much as season two, mm -hmm. but they're definitely struggling for food more than season four. I agree. It, the, it just feels really parallel, but worse. Sure. I, Honestly, I can see why you would say that. What if we, yeah, we'll just do season two again and make it bad. <laughs> so yeah, I think that'll be interesting to watch as the season plays out of, is this just season two all over again? Um, except there's no, there's no Colby 
on Chewie Gum. Sure. You don't Is have, Helen Colby? You don't have the golden boy to kind of rein it back in. Yeah, and like you don't have like at least at least the Ogacore members were except for Keith were generally likable. Generally likable? Generally likable. <laughs> Moving forward. Ted and Rob go on an adventure. They they go find a cave. A cave very occupied with bats. This is the Rob gets rabies arc. <laughs> but they're they're squashing the beef. They're trying to make up, and it it does. Ken is loading the gun. <laughs> Rob talks about how it felt like going out on an adventure with a brother. Yeah, and it kind of does feel like that because Ted does scold him like a brother does. Keep saying Ted, Ken. Damn it, Ken does scold him like a brother does. Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to help you, and you're making yourself very hard to help. Yeah. But Rob's yep. like, oh, we bonded so, like, I, I really felt like we were connecting there. And Ken's like, I didn't need to strangle him and throw him in the back of the cave, so <laughs> I call it a win. It's a good day. At Chewy Gone, we're having a funeral for a baby bat. Jan? What planet does Jan live on? I love Jan. But what is... The only time we focus on Jan is when she's doing something kooky, like yeah. the the money at the auction and <laughs> finding what I agree with Helen is more of a bat embryo than like a baby bat. Yeah, and you're right. I agree. <laughs> I I think I would have been a little more on the Jan side in this argument than you would, but I wouldn't have taken it as far as Jan no, did. I mean, I can empathize with her, and I see why it's like why it resonates with her so much. Yeah. I did hate that I agreed with Clay because they get a really good reaction shot of Clay being like, what the fuck is going on? He's just shaking his head Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> and they, I think it's, it might be Brian. I don't know. All the men of Chewy Gone have, in my mind, have warped into one, like, megazord <laughs> of awful. <laughs> I think he says... You know, I don't know if Jan's, if that's who Jan is, or Jan's losing her mind. Yes, it's Brian. Okay. She might be losing her mind out here. I just think that's who Jan is. I think if you, if she had found that bat embryo in her backyard at home, it would be the same thing. Yeah. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's funny that when Jan goes over and says, hey, we should have a funeral, Ted's like, I'll send a card and flowers. That was, yeah, that was pretty funny. That was great. Moving on, Immunity Challenge, the Tie 21. So this is a Mario Party minigame. Oh my god, it is. It is. It is, but it isn't. The The game that I'm referring to, you can only pick between one and two. Sure. But in this scenario, there are 21 flags, and your goal is to take the last flag. You can pick one, two, or three flags. Doesn't matter what they are, but the, the, the giant golden one, you can only take last. This challenge sucks. I agree. I think it's a terrible challenge it for an immunity. For an immunity. I think this would be fine as a reward challenge. I guess. There are too many... It's too much stakes to... Yeah, the reward challenges have been better than the immunity challenges this season. Mm -hmm. I Again, I feel like production favors Chewy Gone for some reason. And the last couple of immunity challenges I've been like these don't feel like the challenges that you had planned when you started the season it, do, it does feel weird that there are not a whole lot of physical based challenges particularly in immunity challenges particularly in immunity challenges yeah <laughs> they're trying to give Chewie Gun a chance and it's working I can feel the thumb on the scale I can feel it 
Yes, this happened. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that is solvable. Yeah. Like, if you sit down, if they gave them 10 minutes and a piece of paper, you could just solve it. Yeah, that's why we have the proof. Exactly. We- it makes it a bad game. And I think it, I, I didn't solve it, but I, I didn't try. But I feel like it has something to do with odds and evens. Yes and no. With the with the one and two, if you could pick one or two, it's definitely odds and evens. Like mm-hmm. I I can solve that easy. Yeah. But adding the one, two, and three does make it a little more difficult. It just mm-hmm. changes up your numbers. In this scenario, you have a key number that you have to hit. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was nine. In this case, it was nine. But really, the key number is four. That's, sure. That's yeah. where you need to be. You can move it back from there. Well, to, I think you have to. Yeah. But every other one, it's four, it's seven, it's ten. Those are your key numbers because yeah. that's the number that you can take from. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Shean's everyone's looking to Shean to like solve this, and Shean did say that I could solve any puzzle like with my eyes closed earlier on. Oopsie doops. Do you think Shean threw the challenge? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think. They were trying to math it, and the math didn't math. Yeah. You, you saw it as a a game until you realized it's just an equation, but Sheehan realized too late yeah. that... And Ted almost ruins it, actually. Yeah. On the last move, it was like, yeah, they just have to take two and they win. Yeah. And Ted's like, let's take one. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Are they going to fuck this up? <laughs> you stupid fucking they, idiot. They didn't. Yeah, no, they didn't. <sighs> so, yeah. Chewing on wins... They got to four, because, they, yeah, they were at six, and they took two. Sukjai takes three, being the night, like, I don't know. They, Jeff calls it, like, a moment of, like, a dignified moment. Like, I guess. Sure. That just leaves the last one for for the other tribe. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess they, if they were poor sports, they could have taken one. Yeah. And be like, yeah, now you three go grab Carry the rest three of them. flags. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Chewy God wins. And at this point, Jared's like, Rob's gone. He's gone. He's gone. We know it. And the show doesn't even try to hide it. No. We have a, a whole we moment. We basically have a goodbye party for Rob. <laughs> they, they're getting wasted. They're drinking the leftover wine from, from their reward challenges. Wild they let them keep that. I know. And, yeah. Tribal happens. Well, no, no. I want to talk about this first. Oh, with them on. all, like, being super emotional on the fire. They all said that it was, like, really... Bond, like it was bonding and it was like very humanizing. I it looked to me like everyone was being held at gunpoint. <laughs> it we were humoring the person having the the emotional journey here. Rob was Rob just trauma dumps on them. <laughs> he was very much like I've I've grown so much here. I'm going back with a new outlook on life. But yeah, you're right. Everyone's very co- concerned or just like okay, we need to get rid of him now. Time to go. <laughs> Tribal happens. It's they put down Lenny. <laughs> the the shotguns loaded. Yep, and everyone votes for Rob except for Rob. Honestly, I'm surprised Rob didn't vote for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has to do he has to do the three peat. Every single tribal council, he voted for Sheehan. That makes sense. Every single tribal council. It got less offensive each time. It did. <laughs> this last time, he was like. We've had our ups and downs, and yeah. uh, no hard feelings. Yeah. Better than before. Yeah, where he's like, you're Asian and I hate you, was the last time. We're paraphrasing. Yeah. No, yes, yes, that's not a direct <laughs> quote. <laughs> so yeah, he goes home, 
And we don't see Rob ever again. Really? I know, right? I well, would be surprised if we see anybody come back from this season besides the winner. Sure. Because of how awful this season is. Sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it, Rob is not the puppy strangler. Who is the puppy strangler? We'll talk about it later. What the fuck? We'll talk about it later. Uh, Rob is a like actor now. Like He, oh, he okay. makes projects and lives in LA. He worked on a movie called The Mercenary in 2020. Which down. is available on iTunes and Amazon Prime How right now. Rated? I don't know. Okay. I do not know. Yeah, it just has some good stuff. I don't have many regrets from my Survivor experience. I mean, I was a kid and I said some pretty stupid stuff, but okay. it was all in good fun and I've grown up a bit since then. Not, just a bit. Not too much, but just a bit is what he says, yes. <laughs> I guess maybe the fact that I trusted Ken so much was a detriment to my island life, but I don't regret that. I have good news, Steven. Go on. The movie's bad. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell me more. A 5.2 on IMDb. Mm, it does right. not have a Rotten Tomatoes score because it's not important enough. And you can watch it for free. Right. It seems like a, a smaller project. Oh, yeah. We're going to watch this. How do, you, how do you feel about the edit of the show? I They chose to show a very competitive and aggressive side of my personality for most of the season. And I can't be upset because that side of my personality exists. And I think they made a good character out of that side of me. Okay. Yeah. And happy they showed the positive and gracious side of me toward the, the end. This is much better than I thought for the Where Are They Now. I thought it was going to be like, and Rob is in jail for murdering 17 people. <laughs> Still talks and chats with Jed. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. And... Still watch The Survivor, but not the, the Weekly Addict. More of a wait and binge type of a fan. Okay. I respect that. Favorite season... Is listed here as Game Changers. Not the... Not the TV show. Not the TV show. The Survivor season, Game Changers. Okay, that's a cool... I'm excited for the premise of that season. Yeah. And would I play if asked again? For the while... For the longest while, I was absolutely against it. But it's been so long now, I would absolutely love the opportunity to play the game again. Hmm. And someday I will. I have a feeling that maybe my Survivor story isn't finished being written yet. Interesting, because a lot of the people that get asked if they would come back, most of the time it's like, hell yeah. Yeah. Unless they, like, suffered and almost died. Yeah. And Rob saying that for the longest time it would have been no is interesting to me. Hmm. And I do want to point out that a couple a couple fun things. Rob was on the show Eliminate. Okay. Said it was the a terrible dating show. Rob attended the 10-year anniversary party. And Rob also hosted... MTV's Men vs. Women, Rumble in the Jungle. Of course he did. <laughs> hey, Stephen? Uh-huh? Why didn't he bring a skateboard? <laughs> That's a good point. There's nowhere to skate! We talk about You're that. on a beach! It was not his first choice. His first choice, and I want to pull up the article here, I believe his first choice was a... Oh, it was a pen and paper. But someone else already had that. Why don't you let two people have that? Jake, well, because they can only have one, I guess. Okay. Jake already brought those. His second choice was a football, but Rob Mariano brought that last season. Annoyed, Rob jokingly asked what he was supposed to bring, sarcastically announcing it would be a skateboard. The producers then was like, yep, that was it. That's it. Bring oh, the skateboard. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Don't then. say anything in front of the producers that you don't want to actually happen. <laughs> 
How do you That's, think? Those are dumb reasons to not let somebody bring correct their luxury item. How do you think he would do in a future survivor? It sounds like he's grown up a lot. Yep. So that's cool. I think he's always walking around the target on his back mm -hmm. because he is a challenge beast. Yep. His lack of emotional regulation will always hurt him, though. I think pretty much where he ended this season is probably where he would end up most of the time because he's too valuable to your tribe in the challenges. Mm -hmm. But he is unstable and unreliable. I agree. So you've got to get rid of him before the merge. I think where he was voted off is about where he's going to be most of the time. Yeah, I agree. Not 100% of the time. But no, time. you know, it'd be a range of outcomes, but I, I never, like, I, the odds of him ever making, like, a final five are very slim in my mind. Sure. Cool. And your protagonist? I mean, it's him. It, this it, whole it episode, this is. is the Rob episode. This is they, the Rob episode. We don't hear from anyone else, hardly. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the boat is the second protagonist. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. We're over time. Let's finish it out with a bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trickback Time podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Anything you'd like to promote, Jared? I've already kind of done it, but trickery in Boys Town in Chicago, or North Halstead, or whatever they're calling it now. I, I can't cool. remember. Very cool magic show. It's nice. about an hour. All right. Yeah. And I'm. we talked a little bit about British television. I'm going to promote Taskmaster. It is on YouTube for anyone in America. Or I think it's anyone outside of the UK. Maybe mm. even the EU. But if you go on YouTube, search Taskmaster. It's all there. You can watch it all. The newest season is two episodes in. It's fun. It's a good show. I've heard of Taskmaster before. Even before yesterday when it was mentioned to me. Oh, it's so great. It was... Tori from season 42 on Taskmaster? I don't think so. Okay, she was on another show. I thought it might have been that. It's but. usually British comedians oh, got it. that okay. are on it. Because the whole point of the show is that they are given tasks. Like, simple objectives and the ridiculous outcomes just happen from that. It's so much about interpretation of what you're given. Mm. And the... Taskmaster is the one judge of how things happen. So you're like, okay, that you 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 did the thing, but this person clearly thought of it in a better way. So that's the this person gets the most points. So yeah, go look that up. It's great. I love it. Sequester was the one. Sequester, correct? Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. We're gonna go watch another episode. Let's record one. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye.